We are now joined by the managing editor at NHL.com and former New York Rangers reporter, Jim Cerny. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Steve. Great to be here. Thanks for having me and happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays. Indeed, Hanukkah right now, Christmas around the corner. Um, the Rangers not feeling so much in the holiday spirit recently. <laughs> uh, some struggles to the team, some struggles to their star goaltender in, in Igor Shosturkin, uh, up to a over three goals against and a 902 save percentage this year. And, you know, the save percentages around the league have gone down. Uh, 902 is about average, but, you know, Igor Shosturkin's not an average goaltender, at least that's not uh, the what he's shown for the first couple of years here in New York. Just uh, talk about his struggles and, you know, how worried you are about Shosturkin. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I got to correct you. Maybe the Rangers are in the holiday spirit because there's been a lot of giving recently, right? <laughs> true. That is <laughs> true. Like a week and a half or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, I get your point. You know, after, you know, such a splendid first couple months of the season, you know, this is really the first adversity that, the, that they're facing. And um, yeah, I, you know, I think there has to be a little concern there with, with Igor, what is it now? Seven out of 17 games, he's allowed four goals or more. I mean, that's, that's insane. You know, we're not talking about, uh, Jack Campbell here, you know, we're talking about Igor Shesterkin. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a stunning number, um, but it's part and parcel. And like, if you take the most recent game, the Maple Leaf game, uh, and you know, you break that down, did you, did Igor look great? No. But was he hung out to dry as well? You know, the first goal, certainly. And, uh, you know, the, was it the third goal where there was rebound, save, rebound, save, rebound, save, oh, score. It can't happen. So it's, it's a team-wide issue. It's not just the goalie. But we're spoiled, right? Because Igor will make the easy saves look easy. And he even makes the spectacular saves look easy when he's at his best. And, uh, you know, I'd agree that, you know, he's fighting in a little bit right now. You know, he's not at the top of his game. Um, you know, maybe it's a confidence thing. Uh, you know, he missed, you know, he missed some time earlier. You know, he came back, played well after that. But you wonder, whatever that undisclosed injury was, is it something that's still nagging him a little bit? Um, you know, again, we don't, we don't know. Rangers aren't going to say Igor is not making excuses. Uh, Peter Laviolette's not making excuses. But I, yeah, I, I think it's it's an area of concern, both the goalies play, but also how the teams played in front of them. You know, the Rangers dominated puck possession over the first couple months of the season, you know, where they were driving, driving the play, controlling the puck in the offensive zone uh, on a consistent basis. Here, they're falling behind early. That's been the latest trend, falling behind early, playing catch up. And and they were able to do it, right, for a handful of games. They were able to catch up um, and come back and win games and earn points. But any player will tell you after, you know, when you've had a great stretch of hockey, at the end of that stretch, you may not be playing great, but still winning games. And the players know it and the coaches know it. So they know at some point, if that trend continues and you continue not to, you know, play your best hockey, it's going to end up costing you wins and points. And, you know, that's kind of what's happened the last week, week and a half. Yeah. And you saw how well they played defensively against the Kings in that first period, uh, you know, not letting the game get out of hand. Uh, over the last six games, Rangers have been outscored 11 to three in that 
first period. So you're right about not starting on time. And it was something that they were very good with at the start of the season. Um, obviously gotten away from them now. Igor Shosturkin over the last three starts has given up six goals, four goals, five goals, and hasn't had a save percentage above six or excuse me, above 862. Uh, so definitely some cause for concern. If you look on the other side, I mean, Jonathan Quick is 8-2-0 with a 9.22 save percentage and a 2.2 goals against. And, you know, he's made some some elite saves as well at his ripe age uh, of 37 years old. So do you see any any goalie controversy <laughs> here on December 13th? Well, as soon as you said Jonathan Quick's name, I knew goalie controversy was just going to be somehow worked into the conversation, right? Uh, I, you know, I don't envision a goalie controversy, not at this point of Jonathan Quick's career. Um, that said, might he get a few more starts? And, you know, when they originally mapped things out, you know, on the calendar, when Benoit Lair sits there and says, yeah, Igor, 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 Quickie, Igor, you know, might Quick get some more starts in that stretch? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think you'd be smart to do that ride the hot hand because he has been outstanding. And, and to be honest, it, I guess it's kind of taking it in a di different direction here. What a revelation. You know, I was concerned going into the season uh, about where they were going to be with the goaltending behind Igor uh, because I really thought Jonathan Quick was at the end. No disrespect to him. And I got, you know, well, he'll get a boost coming back to the tri-state area and everything, Connecticut kid. Um, but I was concerned. Like He was not good last year for the LA Kings. Wasn't great for the Vegas Golden Knights when he played better, but he had a better team in front of him. Um, wasn't great in the preseason and has been outstanding. I mean, outstanding for the Rangers this year. Um, a real revelation. But that said, I think you really want to keep him in the role that he's in. Like Igor needs to be your number one guy. If you're winning a Stanley Cup this year, and I know this is going to sound weird, Igor is your goalie, not the three-time Stanley Cup champion, right? You know, I don't think Jonathan Quick's carrying you through the playoffs or, or playing on a real consistent basis where he could wear down or what have you. But I could see him picking up more starts than I think we all anticipated if Igor continues to struggle. Again, Rangers are a first-place team right now. They're in a good spot. They're... I think the best team, no, no, no doubt in that division and they'll find their game. And I think when the team picks up in front of Igor, he's going to find his game, you know, as well and, and regain a little bit of confidence. So I don't see a goalie controversy, but I guess come back to me in a couple of months if Igor is still struggling and, and Quickie still, uh, still undefeated in regulation. Well, a guy that, you know, never really had any goalie controversies around him that you covered for your career and, arguably i will say the best rangers goalie uh in in their history i know other people will say uh mike richter but henrik lundquist just you know it seemed like we never had uh any sort of issue when it came to to henrik lundquist's performance on a on a, a nightly basis just talk about your your time covering the rangers and specifically with uh, with hank yeah yeah well you mentioned a couple guys i i covered there at the very start of my career i was very very fortunate uh, to cover Mike Richter. In fact, I was there. I was, I was covering the playoff game against the Penguins, which was his uh, his NHL debut when a desperate Phil Esposito brought him up. Third different goalie to start for the Rangers in that in that sweep loss uh, 
to the Penguins. Uh, and I, you know, I covered him through the cup season and, and many of his uh, uh, years before I moved on to the Islanders. Um, so I agree as great as Richter was Henrik to me was the, the single greatest goalie, at least uh, in Rangers history in my lifetime, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about guys from the forties, fifties, thirties, you know, um, way back, way before our time. But yeah, Henrik, Henrik was special. And, and uh, part of it was the, how special he was from a mental point of view. You know, you could all see a goalie playing great physically on the ice, right? Making great side, saves, being in great position. You know, in Henrik's age, you're rising up in all those game sevens, one, you know, heroic save after another. But for me, it was the mental side. And uh, because I worked for the team as you know, I was the in-house beat reporter for their website, you know, I was around them every day. I was around him every day for nine years, practice, games, travel, the plane, you know, got to see him behind the scenes. And he's a special guy. Uh, that preparation, that intensity that he brought every single day. Um, we, we used to laugh, the guys on the beat. Um, Nothing. I never saw him angrier than the fact that Marion Gabrick owned him during practices. Like they would do shootouts and everything. Gabrick owned Henrik. And there wasn't just the typical jousting back and forth. Ah, you know, you SOB or, you know, you know, ha ha ha. You know, like he'd be pissed. And you'd see him, you know, you get beaten three times in a shootout by Gabrick at the end of practice and Gabby's rubbing it in and everything. And you go in the, in the room afterwards and Henrik had to cool down. Like that's how intense he was. That's what he brought. I'm not saying Igor's not that way or Jonathan Quick's not that way. And listen, Quick's a three-time cup winner as we pointed out. Um, but it was that mental edge that Henrik brought that I think set him apart. You know, again, on top of the fact of how what what a great athletic, intelligent guy he was, um, it was that intensity and passion that he brought that I think really set him apart. And I, I'm a big believer in this. And you know, I don't know, some people may disagree, but I think if he was the goalie of this Rangers team, man, I'd be be running to the bookie to lay some money on them to win the cup because I'd argue he never really had a team this good. Like, he never had a number one center like Mika Zibanejad, right? Stepan, Broussard, really, really good number twos, but not really elite number ones. Mika's an elite number one. Um, elite year after year point producer like Artemi Panarin. Yeah, he had Gabaret, but it was one great year, eh, one eh, year, back to a great year, you know, up and down. They, they were never really high scoring team when Henrik was there. So they were always relying so much on him, 2-1, 3-2. You know, he, he was so integral to every single game because they were always so tight, even under Alain Vigneault, who opened things up a little bit. Um, and then the, the third component is, you know, he never had that elite defenseman like Adam Fox had either. Um, you know, so these components and how deep this Ranger team is, and that's not knocking the 2012, 14, or 15 Rangers teams, who, which were great teams. I just think if he had this group, I think Henrik might have gotten that ring that unfortunately he retired without.
Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. I know I grew up, I'm going to show my age a bit, but I grew up on the 2012, 2014, 2015 runs. That's grew up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Listen, man. I was, the, the, you know the, how old I feel right now? <laughs> telling you that like I was there for Mike Richter's debut against the Penguins in 89 playoffs. That's what I always got to argue with my dad. It's like, I can never say Richter <laughs> is, is better than Lundquist because I never saw Richter play. So yeah. um, it, it's a tough one, but no, absolutely. I mean, I think um, as, as young as I was during those games, you know, I still believe if you gave Henrik Lundquist a, a team of this caliber, uh, he would have done something special with it um, and possibly led to a Stanley Cup championship. But uh, unfortunately, all of that is speculation <laughs> at this point. Uh, we are where we are here on December 13th, 2023. Uh, the Rangers defense struggling despite Adam Fox coming back into the lineup a few games ago. You know, is that strange to you? Because it hasn't been Fox that's been the issue. Obviously, Keandre Miller out against the Leafs on Tuesday for personal reasons. But, you know, it seemed that the defense has taken a huge step back since Adam Fox has come into the lineup. Yeah, it, it might be just coincidence. Uh, and again, to me, defense is is five guys in front and the goalie, right, at, at, on each shift. So uh, when I when I look at defense, I'm not just looking at, you know, the defenseman. Obviously, Fox is an elite defenseman and should elevate and typically does elevate everybody, you know, whether it's his defense partner, whether it's his goaltender or whether it's the forwards in front of him. Um, I, I think it's probably just coincidence that, you know, their all around defensive play has has not been as sharp since Fox came back in. Um, you know, there's an argument that there could be a little bit of a mental breakdown. Maybe guys, maybe there was a little bit more focus, attention to detail when Fox wasn't there for 10 games, right? Uh, you know, forwards more diligent coming back, clogging up that neutral zone, you know, coming back into their own end, you know, not breaking out too quickly, you know, leaving the defenseman and the goalie out to dry uh, because they knew that the safety net for 24 minutes a night wasn't there, right? You know, your best guy, your best all-around guy back there uh, in Adam Fox. So perhaps that's it. Certainly it's something they need to, to figure out um, because there's, there's, as you pointed out, you and you gave the numbers, there is a stark difference for how this team played for the better part of two months. The all-around attention to detail, um, as well as, you know, I, you know, I, I think in an effort to go get the puck to to stay uh, positionally sound, especially through the neutral zone. That's what impressed me so much in the first two months among, you know, there were so many things to be impressed about. Um, but, you know, that's a mental thing as well as a physical thing. So, listen, they've shown that they can do it, right? Uh, and they showed that they could do it without their best player, their best defenseman. Um, so I think they can get back to it. And, and listen, Laviolette's a veteran coach. You know, he knows how to draw them back in. And um, you better believe behind the scenes are working on that. And they're seeing a lot of film of, hey, this was just, you know, three weeks ago. This was last night. You know, let's look at the differences, compare and contrast. So I think it's a concern. It's a bump in the road. But I think that's OK over 82 games when you're as good as the Rangers are. And I think they're a really good team. And I think they're a legit cup contender. Um, I think it's okay to go through these periods. I worry more 
if a team is just sailing along and, you know, there are no bumps in the road and everybody stayed healthy and, you know, and then you get to the playoffs and wait, how did we lose in six games in the first round, you know? And again, gross exaggeration, but as long as this doesn't become a month long issue, as long as it gets nipped in the bud, I think it's it's a good teaching point for Laviolette and the coaches and it, it snaps the players back into attention. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because if you look at the Rangers' next nine games, they play three or three sets of back-to-backs between now and January 2nd. They got to play at Boston, at Toronto, home against the now red-hot Edmonton Oilers, uh, play against the Sabres who have given them trouble, the Cavs who just beat them, and then a back-to-back in Florida against a, a very good Panthers team and you know, arguably one of the best goalies uh, of our generation in Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, and by the way, January 2nd, you get to go play the Carolina Hurricanes, who have also won six in a row right now. So, you know, the schedule doesn't lighten up for the Rangers anytime soon. How 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 likely do you see them pulling themselves out of it within the next, you know, three weeks? Yeah, I, I, I think they will. I, good teams rise to the level of competition. And sometimes, you know, a good team will kind of go the opposite way against teams that they know that they're better than. But I I don't necessarily see that right now with the Rangers. I think it's just, it's something they're going through no matter the opponent. But, you know, you saw them against LA. I mean, that's the most, I guess, the two most recent examples are really good teams that they face were their last two games. You know, Toronto is considered, you know, for the most part, an elite team. And so are the Kings, who are off to, like the Rangers, just a, you know, a marvelous start this season. And we saw what they did against the Kings, right? You know, they came out, I, you know, I thought they dictated the play. I thought they were really good defensively. Obviously, Quick made some unreal saves in that game. Um, but they looked like a team that were motivated by their previous loss, right? And they, they, and they played so much better, for, for the most part, over 60 minutes. And then against Toronto, you, had, you know, just... Uh, yeah, that first 20 minutes, you know, it just, they were vastly outplayed. Like Toronto deserved the lead that they ran out to. Um, and then they pulled it together in the second period, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, this is what the Rangers do. They can fall behind even against a really good team. And then all of a sudden, slowly but surely, they've locked it down. Toronto wasn't getting good chances. Igor hardly had to do anything in the second period. And uh, they took that game over get two goals back, 4-3. I went into that intermission. I'm like, wow, they're going to do this again, aren't they? And then, you know, the penalty, the power play goal, and, you know, Toronto kind of found its game again in the third. Um, But uh, I'm not worried about them facing good opposition coming up. In fact, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I think it helps with the focus, especially going through what they're going through now. You know, the holidays coming up and everything. You know, what's best to keep your focus? Probably playing your key rivals. And if you're really an elite team like the Rangers, playing the best of the best in the league. Well, fast forwarding to, let's say, April, May, and June, you're only (laughs) going to play good teams, obviously. Look at you, and June, huh? And June, come playoff time. Uh, (laughs) Because it worked part of this question, you know, is this Rangers team a cup contending team? Are they a team that you see could come out of the Eastern Conference uh, at, at the end of the season? Yes. I, I do. I doesn't mean they will. Um, there are so many things that come into play come playoff time, right? Um, I'm a huge believer that you need to be playing your best hockey going into the playoffs. I don't think you can. It's very rare 
that you could really be stumbling down the stretch and then ah, we're a good team we turn it on you know game one round one um so i think they need to be playing their best hockey then i i go as far as to say is igor needs to be their best player when the playoffs begin um and then take it from there they are the reason why i think they're legit contenders talent wise for sure um you know you have an elite level power play and i know it it does this but that's an elite power play you have elite players on on that power play and special teams are massive come playoff time i think you have an elite goalie not playing at an elite level right now but i think he's an elite goalie so you have that in your back pocket as well things that you can't predict health you know and listen they they've overcome things this year that they haven't had to overcome in recent years. You know, Fox out 10 games, Heedle's still out, Kako out for quite a while. Um, you know, th those that's a big deal. Um, and we'll see where they're at, you know, come playoff time with their health. But they're a really resilient team. And I think we saw that in the playoffs a couple of years ago, for sure. And that's still the makeup of this group. And, and it kind of goes back to, you know, talking about the, the game Tuesday against Toronto, you know, they're down 4-1, take over the second period is 4-3, show that resiliency to the point of I, I'm almost conditioned to think, oh, yeah, I know Toronto's good, but Rangers going to win this game. You know, that's what they do. Um, but it's kind of that confidence and resiliency that they have, I think, goes a long way in the postseason as well. Again, at the end of the day, your best players are going to have to be your best players. So, while it'll be important that the Goudreau VC Pitlick line continues to contribute and, you know, do things at both ends of the ice, they're not going to win you the Stanley Cup. Panarin's got to be elite in the playoffs. Has to, has to get over that hump. And then Igor needs to be your best player. And then Fox, Savannah, Jag, Kreider, you know, they all need to be themselves. And then to me, the rest falls in line. And, you know, then maybe you get a Lafreniere step up and you know be a, a you know have a massive playoff or a kako a heedle if they're healthy whatever um but resiliency is key depth is key um the goalie is key and and panarin being elite in the playoffs if they get that you know i mean they're they're gonna be a tough out yeah as tough as it sounds right now the way the rangers are playing still got a long way to go until postseason <laughs> uh, uh, 28 games into the year so plenty of time to uh to get right and and get ready come april but uh jim's thank you very much for for joining forever blue shirts today yeah my pleasure steve it's a lot of fun